Now, welcome to Tech Talk Thursday, the brainchild of Martin Hughes, Managing Director of Source Consulting. This is a session where we talk to a leading figure in the insurance industry about technology, showcasing business innovation and new technology. Source Consulting is a results-driven business development and communications agency, and I'm Catherine France, Head of Content. In this episode of Tech Talk Thursday, I have the pleasure of talking to Jonathan Palmer, co-founder of Cloud Digital, experts in cloud strategies. JP, also known as, has an illustrious career in the tech industry and is a trailblazer in the world of cloud technology. And today we're going to be talking about how businesses can protect themselves from third party cyber risks. It's a pleasure to welcome you this morning, JP. Thank you, Catherine, and uh, thanks for the invite to uh, join the uh, uh, join the talk. That's quite all right. We're going to dive straight in at the deep end and um, pick off by asking you about um, why um, third party risk in particular is prevalent in financial businesses and insurance businesses, um, given that I'm guessing a lot of companies have spent a lot of time thinking about their cyber risk. Could you explain to us a bit about why now we need to be talking more about third party risk? Third, third party risk is a really interesting area uh, and there's some legislation uh, coming in, uh, one in particular DORA in the EU, in terms of knowing a third party risk and, and, and who you're dealing with and how you're dealing with it in various natures, whether that's ESG, cyber, uh, and having a good understanding of who you're dealing with. And the, the real fundamental answer to that question is you're only as strong as your weakest link. Uh, and typically these days, if you are a financial institution or a, a large insurance company, you would have spent, you know, millions, probably ten, tens of millions in terms of, in many ways, uh, protecting yourself. However, as we've seen over the last 18 months um, with some very high profile cases, you know, third parties and third party risk uh, is a much easier way uh, in order to be compromised than uh, actually going directly at, a, at an organisation that has obviously spent uh, significant amounts of time and resources uh, protecting their environments. Mm. It's almost like the back door. It's that every time you add someone to your supply chain, you're increasing the chance of there being another kind of chink in your armor aren't you yeah uh, absolutely so what the bad guys will do is they they now scan whether that's state nations or organized crime and this is organized crime these aren't 14 year olds in bedrooms anymore mm -hmm. um these are highly sophisticated organizations that have the ability to scan the entire internet looking for vulnerabilities Mm -hmm. And typically they will look uh, at your supply chain. They'll look at your third parties and work out, is there a vulnerability in one of those and work their way through. Uh, and we've seen we've seen a lot of this recently uh, in the press where the actual target was not the companies, but the companies were the full out uh, mm -hmm. in a fairly significant way of using their third party suppliers. Yeah, that's quite, it's quite a scary thought, really, isn't it? Like you say, when people have done so much to protect, or they think they've done enough to protect their business. That, that and it's an area that, uh, yeah, absolutely, Catherine, it's an area that's been neglected uh, in many, many ways. And we are working with significant organisations, even very, very large banks, to mm. try and streamline this process 
and just give visibility on uh, on how that third party is that third party is actually managed um, mm. internally. Which is a perfect segue into how cloud digital can help <laughs> protect absolutely yes. from third party risks. Did you see that was almost seamless though? You did that perfectly. <laughs> so how yeah. how how are you helping these companies? What's what do they need to be from that aware, you know, making them aware all the way to them taking action and and protecting themselves? Well well the good news is that there is now technology and, and to a degree, processes there that makes this this whole uh, journey much much simpler. Um, mm. We work with a company called uh, Risk Recon, which is part of the Mastercard Group, uh, to give uh, third party risk looking from the outside in. Uh, because fundamentally, when an organisation uses the internet, it's a bit like walking in snow. You leave digital footprints. Mm -hmm. Some of them are benign and take you nowhere. Some will take you up a path and then stop, and some will take you straight into an organization. So what we do is we offer a managed service to manage third-party risk and enable companies to take, you know, take that and have a, a report in, in its simplest form from kind of A to F rating on mm -hmm. each third-party supplier uh, and then be able to uh, rank them in terms of are these companies that you would like to do business with or not. Okay. So it's... It's almost like a, a due diligence process, isn't it? Or does it form part of a company's, you know, due diligence? I'm thinking like back to insurance businesses. Typically, if you take on a new client, you do an amount of research on them. But are we now saying we need to extend that past their sort of financial stability into their uh, absolutely stability? Is that... Yeah, right? and, and certainly if you if you take Dora, and we're not talking about the cartoon character here, but <laughs> some of your uh, some of your listeners will know, you know that's an absolute stipulation. Um, you know, not any third parties, people of interest, what's the ESG um, situation with your suppliers, and also you know geopolitical aspects like um, are they based in Russian and do they have any kind of Russian influence, for example. It's the same uh, so piece, isn't it, as well? Yeah, it's becoming very topical. And since, obviously, the Ukraine war mm. and Russian sanctions, it's certainly gone up the risk register to make sure um, that, you know, you aren't dealing with uh, with sanctioned company, uh, countries like Russia. Mm. So when... Um, so thinking sort of practically about those reports that that insurance you know companies banks financial institutions can can generate on their third party risk and you know you said that they rank them what what kind of steps do they what's the next kind of step in that journey what do they you know other than saying you know if there's somebody they really want to work with do you yeah sure very very yeah very good question catherine and it is obviously, you know, uh, th there are supply chain management in place within, you know, large insurance companies, for example, that are there. We're not here to reinvent the wheel, but what we can do is offer a managed service where all we need is the company name um, and we can manage the whole process. So what we can do on a monthly basis or even a weekly basis, if it's really critical, is actually have, for example, the top 500 critical suppliers, or it could be 10,000, it doesn't actually matter. And then we can produce a report, you know, monthly to, to show them where they, uh, 
where they sit you know are they an a or a b which is kind of where you want to be if they were an f on our report they have a 42 percent likelihood of being able of being breached in the next year and this is mastercard's own data this is their own intellectual property over a 10-year period so um in terms of accuracy it's it's seen as the most accurate on the market right now Um, okay and how um how are kind of insurance businesses and you know companies that you're talking to how are they responding to you know the suggestion that they could you know they need to kind of shore up their supply chain um with with things you know i keep harking back to dora but it's obviously relevant for anyone in financial services including the insurance market is that you know that this is coming down the line this is something that they're, they're going to need to do as as a matter if they're not already as a matter of course so mm-hmm. i think it's it's one of education to a degree to say look you know we, we have a, a a solution to start we're a managed service you know we're very transparent with mastercard about how that risk is achieved you know from an a to f um which uh, you find that generally in this space is seen as a dark art how you how you get your scoring, but it's totally open. Anyone can look at that and uh, kick the tires, which obviously being in insurance is a critical thing, actually how risk is derived. Mm. Um, so, you know, we take them on a journey and what we try and do is work with their existing processes because there will be processes in place and get to a point where we slimline that. So better use of resource internally um, and look at how we can, you know, work within their kind of procurement process and their third-party supplier management, chain management, um, mm. and streamline it and obviously give them what the, the risk score is. What, yeah. Once that's in place, we, we can then basically allow the organization to say, you know, look uh, to their supplier, um, you know, you're, you're an F, and these are the reasons why. And within 30 seconds, we can hit a button and show the remedial actions that need to take place to fix that exposure. Yeah. And that's the bit, isn't it? It's the, it, it's the not just the sort of finger pointing and saying, you know, you've got a hole. You know, this is a problem, but it's that, and this is what you can do about it. I think that that's really powerful. And that's absolutely correct. You know, in the, in the cyber industry, traditionally, it's been a very reactive industry. Um, and whilst it's great to point out a problem or make an alert. You know, you need to be very proactive these days and, and typically quite fast. We go back to the example of being able to, you know, these organizations being able to scan the entire Internet at any one time and find these vulnerabilities. Then, you know, you need to be fairly quick. And if you look at if you've seen in the press, all this stuff about payroll and, you know, file d- data files. Now looking at today, I noticed there was a, a class action coming up 100 million against that particular company. Um, you know, these things are fixable, or at least they can be mitigated. Um, but if you don't look outside of your world, then you're going to never going to know. Um, and just waiting for something to happen isn't, isn't uh, you know, a feasible solution these days. No, and I can imagine if you're sitting on the board of a company, you've got to be doing something more proactive, like you say, than just sitting and waiting for it to happen and then a process that you may not have tried kicks into action yeah it's it's um the police we do a lot in law enforcement they call it the daily mail moment 
and whenever they investigate someone, believe it or not, if it's high profile, they, they I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, kind of as sinister as it may sound. They actually say, well, what the Daily Mail think of this? So reputation is everything. And, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, yeah, do you want your board to be going down the golf club only to read about their their organisation that fundamentally something and, and, and no matter how you, you know, you dress it up, fundamentally should have been fixed and it wasn't, yes. um, you know, and and it's, you know, the, the tools these days like MasterCard just make it infinitely easy in order to do that. Mm, it does. And I'm, I'm just, it, what you said then about the reputational risk, I'm just thinking about other, you know, other parts of that in terms of like financial damage and you know reducing that or there's a real ripple effect isn't there there is absolutely Catherine and if you're selling cyber insurance you know for example and and you you have seen not to take the remedial actions that the clients would are expected to do Mm. themselves then you know reputation is is key and, and that puts you in a very awkward situation it does, and I'm also thinking is that well, it's like if you were a smart underwriter, obviously they all are. Um, would you almost be making this kind of protection a condition of the insurance? Almost, it's like have you done X, Y, and Z? It's almost seems like yeah, a- absolutely. <laughs> obviously, at the moment, you know, typically you you will still get a questionnaire and the thing about a questionnaire we, we see it in the banks in terms of third party supplier risk as well mm. um and, and financial service as well which would be deemed to be one of the most sophisticated markets on the planet in terms of industry sectors mm. you know you, you are relying on a third party to fill out that questionnaire correctly now what we're doing uh, and it's not you know that there are other aspects and processes that need to happen and you know there's something called a cyber security model that basically since the ukraine war you know it's everyone faces the same threats whether you're big or small mm. the chances are that the russians actually uh attacking your organization as high for a bank as they are for a very small sme now so it depends where you are on the you know cyber security maturity model um however you know, you are reliant on the questionnaire that there is a trust. And it's not that people would do anything um, nine times out of 10 in any way that could be seen as malicious or fraudulent. You know, it's time takes over. Have you got the right information? Um, and of course, when we're looking from the outside in, we, we've got a pretty good precursor of, of what's actually happening within that organisation in a real time basis. Yeah. Because, yes, yes, you're not relying on that that person to 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 fill it in i can see that yeah you're doing it digitally is is, is a much more efficient method of, of finding yeah and and it and catherine it opens up a dialogue so we are making an mm-hmm. we're making a, a, an organization more efficient we are going to save cost and time and more importantly if there is an issue because whilst you might say well you can't see within the organization um you'd be amazed what the report actually picks up mm. however you know, it gives you a pretty good idea that the state of the, the health of that organization. And so therefore, you know, it just saves so much time because typically those questionnaires will take anywhere between three hours to kind of four days to fill out, depending on the size of your organization. So it is a yeah. very significant piece of work. It is. Yeah. 
uh, yes, that, that time issue becomes critical, doesn't it, I suppose, as well. Um, and it's out, out of date as soon as you put it in, potentially, as well. Yes, yes, how do you update it? That, then that's, yeah, that, uh, well, even how do you check that the information you've been provided with is, is, is correct, I suppose, as well. Yeah. So, uh, so we talked a bit about the, the, the benefits of doing it. I was just interested to find out maybe a bit more about what kind of other applications it has. Um, and I was, uh, I mean, I might be going down the wrong track here, but it, I was thinking about, you know, doing the due diligence. Has it also got a role in um, things like mergers and acquisitions and, and you know, how, how kind of business is using it as a tool? Yeah, absolutely. Um... We do work with M&A specialists as a, as a due diligence tool, as a kind of one-off, um, as part of that process. Yeah. Now, obviously, there will be people, you know, there will be consultants and accountants on the ground validating stuff. But again, mm. you get a pretty good idea very, very quickly what needs to be fixed, potentially. Yeah. Or if there are any, any major red flags. Mm. Um so it kind of gives you almost the state of the nation in terms of ESG position and the cybersecurity position um, at this stage, which, you know, can be run off very, very quickly uh, to get that information. And that kind of gives you a baseline um, to either have a dialogue in terms of M&A activity or, you know, third parties to say, look, you know, we see that these things are not there or that these things are out in the ether on the Internet. Uh, on the dark web, for example, for, for purchase, you know, why is that? How can we help you? Um, or just walk away and go, no, there, there are just too many holes. Yeah, because I think particularly with consolidation in the broker market, you know, there's certain companies that are very active in sort of acquisitions and things that could be a really useful tool for them. But it's a very, yeah, it's a very fast way of giving yourself an accurate position. Yeah. Um, we, we have asked uh, very cheekily of a bank, could they use it on one of their competitors? And we had to say no as a marketing exercise. Um, yes, yes. We, we do have some, 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 some certain ethical considerations, but we're only seeing, just to be very clear, we are only seeing what a cyber criminal can see. We are, we are not hacking into any systems. We're not doing anything illegal. Obviously, it's MasterCard, it goes without saying. Yeah, but, so we're only seeing what the hackers see, but we're seeing it in, you know, very, very detailed formats. Hmm. So it's, it's almost non-invasive. It's information that's in the public domain. Is that would that be an accurate? Yeah, it's, it's there. It's live on the dark web. It's in the public domain. Um, yeah. You know, basically it goes globally across the Internet. It's got some fairly clever AI behind it as well to pull mm. some stuff up as well. Um and it just tells you what they're within minutes. Um, if a company's not actually on the database, there are 25 million at the moment. Uh, what happens is we, we add them within three to five working days. Okay. That's pretty quick. But like you said, there's a huge amount of data already that MasterCard have already captured, presumably. Correct, yes. At that 10-year period. Yes. And, and we, we have actually done kind of pen traditional penetration tests in the past mm -hmm. um both physical and and you know uh using some of these techniques and and the stuff that 
we've picked up now, we've got the MasterCard report is is second to none. Um, it's very interesting. Yeah. And partially because it just gives you a full view. We, we had a, a situation where the IT, IT um, uh, kind of resources were split into two. Um, and we found that one side had been telling the other side, and it was part, it was part of an m &X exercise, actually, that there had been post-completed deal closed. Um, and we found that um, one of the sides has failed to disclose what was a quite significant uh, potential issues on some of their systems. So, um, but it was picked up. The positive was it was picked up. It was dealt with very quickly and yeah. they had one of the kind of household names in there doing the due diligence for this acquisition. And it was a major acquisition um, into the eight figures. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's gives you a really good position very quickly and where you are. It does, doesn't it? And I think that's really useful in terms of understanding what the third party risk is and uh, you know capturing what what your your business status is within that and and taking the remedial action. Um, I just wondered if you you had any views or thoughts or from what you've seen in your experience of where you think that that technology kind of goes next. I think you've you've talked about the legislation and Dora and briefly touched on ESG and things like that. How do you, do you have any views or thoughts on how you think that will develop? That's a very interesting question. The, the, the platform itself, um, and I, I at the moment can't disclose how that the, the roadmap will look because it's uh, uh, sensitive, but yeah. we're looking at kind of 14 different kind of data points uh, moving forward above and beyond cyber and above and beyond kind of ESG. Um, the role of AI, I mean, it's, a, it's obviously a term that's banded around quite a lot at the moment, but, the, 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 you know, AI uh, has a massive role to play in terms of being able to start search large data sets very, very quickly if you've got the right, the right processing power behind. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be uh, good and very challenging because you're going to be able to find things very quickly, which means if you're the bad guys, the cyber criminals, mm. you're going to have access to data very quickly, which means that, you know, even with kind of feet on the ground, cyber security professionals, you're going to have to act quicker than, uh, you know, the, the teams on the ground potentially can. So, yeah. you know, these types of technologies coming in as a kind of early warning system will, will be, you know, will become more prevalent, I think, mm -hmm. in the market. Yeah, but yes, like you said, it's almost becomes a race, doesn't it, between how quickly the business can respond and, and how quickly the baddies get there, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah, and we've, we've kind of, you know, uh, obviously we talk about third-party risk and we, you know, we, we couldn't mention, you know, not mention ransomware. And mm -hmm. ransomware, obviously, there is a, you know, a very clear financial gain from ransomware yeah. um and you know the bad guys traditionally would go to company's house look at your balance sheet do a credit check on you to see how how, how much you're good for mm. um you know and and you know if you can use ai to do that automatically then yeah, yeah. It, you know you're, you're going to go faster than human beings are capable of being able to react to situations. 
yeah and I think they I think some of them have taken it a step further and they're almost looking at now who's got insurance cover for ransomware you know so who's going to pay you know the, the ransom amount in effect you know and even you know targeting businesses on that basis as well which is you know pretty terrifying stuff <laughs> but it's all because you know the data is so valuable isn't it insurance data is extremely valuable mm. um you know you're, you're holding you you know from either on a personal level maybe you're a, you know a list star or or on companies you're holding mm. highly sensitive information that might might be medical records yeah people it, it may just be you know the, the information you've collected on you know the organization and what it's doing but you know mm. to a cyber criminal that that information is invaluable and as mm. you said you know that that is a typical example that a lot of people know about ransomware um but uh, other stuff like um extortion you know it happens mm. there's something called cyber heists uh, and cyber heists actually target individuals like CEOs of insurance companies for financial gain. Um, and we see a lot of that, although it's obviously not discussed because of the sensitive nature of, of no, what no. they're doing. No, um, no, absolutely not. Gosh, well, there's a lot to unpick there, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> if we concentrate for now on on, on the third party risk. Um, so, um so is there anything else you'd like to add to that just before we we wrap up we've talked a lot you know we've got through a lot there really in in a short space of time i know we've we've touched on lots of other yeah topics. catherine i i mean i'll give you a real life example it's not an insurance example hmm. but it gives a kind of it, it kind of hits it home hmm. um and coca-cola had a had a an issue uh with their supply chain in scandinavia and what had happened, a small company just supplied the little widget that you pull the can on the top, uh, and they were out of action. They had a data breach. They were out of action for three months. And over that time, Coca-Cola could not, in the region, produce any Coca-Cola cans. Now, so, you know, looking at your third-party supplies is critical because you've got to think as an organization – if they weren't, if one of those weren't there, what impact would that have? Mm. Now, I guess, you know, you could say, well, I deal with eight companies. And if, you know, one went missing, it wouldn't be a problem. But what about something that can be completely benign that you don't really think of? Uh, what if they weren't there for three to six months, which if you have a proper data breach, that can be as long as you're out for. What yeah. impact would that have on your business? So. It is, I think. And and I think, like you mentioned earlier, things like, um, you know, the situation in Russia and um, Ukraine, and even before that, you know, the the problems we had with, you know, tankers getting stuck in the Suez Canal and, you know, all those yes. kinds of things have, have brought that higher up the agenda, I think, in terms of risk, how that, you know, the supply chain can be um be impacted by things like that um you know insurance have seen the impact in motor claims and getting hold of parts and you know all those kinds of things so it's yes a real it, it's a real risk that people you know need to, to be spending a bit more time thinking about i think uh, absolutely catherine it's you know 
what what is critical what's your dear to your business outside of your digital assets mm. and however you look at it you know you are just part of an ecosystem that you rely on i mean yeah. obviously lloyds of london has been built on that over over hundreds of years so <laughs> you know if some of that's taken offline for a period of time what is the impact to your business so yeah yeah that's really useful. Thank you very much. And a great example, although, albeit not for Coca-Cola, possibly. <laughs> so. No, well, it's it's one of many. Um, oh. You probably saw the payroll, the payroll example that's just wiped, wiped oh. the floor with so many organisations, you know. Yeah. And before that, obviously, you had Capita. Um, yeah. You know, every single, um, and this comes more into the pension side, but USS Capita looking after alleged lost 546,000 records of every lecturer that was part of the pension fund and their second largest pension fund I believe in, in Europe so the impact is not just about the company it has a very personal effect on people as well because mm-hmm. part of that you would have lost your national insurance number and once you've lost that you can never get mm-hmm. another one so there is always no. there's always a personal aspect to this this is never no. a victimless no. crime no no, it isn't. That's that's uh, that's for sure. Well, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to talk to you this morning. Absolute pleasure, Catherine, and thank you for your time. And if people want to find out more about Cloud Digital, how are they best to find you on the internet? Or oh, uh, uh, yeah, we we have a, a website, and perhaps you can you can put that at the end yeah. of the podcast if that, yeah. that works, Catherine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's no problem at all. We'll get your contact details and we'll send those out with the notes and the recording. So thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Catherine. Absolute pleasure.